Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. If I wanted to make sure that that wall over there was straight, what could I use to put on that wall to make sure it was straight? Would that be good? What would you think would be the best? A level? Somebody said level? All right, this is 100 years ago. You'd use a level, something that's supposed to be straight. I used to tell people, I says, I know I'm on the level because the bubble's in the middle. But, but I don't say that anymore. I only said that when I, was, I didn't have a tummy. Now that I got a little tummy, I don't like to say that. Anyway, but you want to get something that's a straight edge. Anytime we tell somebody that, you know, uh, we're, we're all sinners. We're, we're all sinners. And um, you got to, well, how do we know that we're sinners? You got to have something to measure it by. It's like some people think, well, I have never done anything wrong in my life. Like Bob Gilbert over here. You say, well, what's the level that you got to have? His wife, just talk to his wife. And she will let you know that uh, he's not on the level. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure you get the point. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Exodus chapter 19. Exodus and chapter 19. We start off with Adam and Eve messing up in the garden. Everybody after them messed up. Everybody sinned against God. And so you have all these things going on. And finally, the, the Lord gave to the world a level. Gave you a straight edge. So that we would be able to know what is righteousness. So God gave us a righteous law, which reveals part of his character. God is righteous. And he does no sin. So whenever you want to compare something perfect, well, that would be only the Lord because no one is perfect but God. So you measure everybody, not with each other. They that commend themselves among themselves and compare themselves among themselves are not, are not wise. Because if I want to see how good I am, I just compare myself with somebody I think that's a little bit better. I mean, a little bit worse. <laughs> so I just compare myself with Warren. I know I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good then. But if I compare myself with uh, Bob Brooks, now I'm pretty bad. So you don't compare yourself with people. Compare yourself with God. And then you'll see how quickly and easy it was to prove to yourself that you're a sinner. 
God is perfect, does no wrong, and we are sinful. So God gave to the world a law. So here in chapter 19 of Exodus, look in verse 3. And verse 3 says, And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar people or treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their face all these words which the Lord commanded him. Verse 8, And all the people answered together and says, All that the Lord hath said we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. God gave us a standard of righteousness. And of course, he also gave them the civil law and the, of course here, the moral law in chapter 20 and the sacrificial laws in the book of Leviticus telling how all the sacrifices was going to be made and what animal would be acceptable. And so who was supposed to apply it? And God gave the sacrificial laws because Nobody could keep the righteous standard of the law. And so here's God's perfect law. There's nothing wrong with the law. The Bible even says in the book of Romans chapter 7, the law is perfect. The law is perfect. In the book of uh, Psalms 19, it says the law is perfect. It is pure. It is just. And it's everything that we need. But there's a problem, and that's with us. We're sinful and we can't keep it. But God gave us a standard revealed to us by the law. So the law was a standard. It's not given to us to save us, but it does reveal to us that we're sinners. There's a verse somewhere in the Bible that says, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. I wonder where that verse is found. Is it anywhere in the Bible? Where is it found? Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Is that close? So we know that the law is perfect. Nothing wrong with it. And God gave the law, and it's the knowledge of sin. It lets you know you are imperfect, and you did not meet the standard of perfection. So God has given to us a standard. Uh, Take your Bible and look in the book of... um, Isaiah. Uh, Let's look at chapter 33 first. Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah 33. And look in verse 22. Uh, This is a verse, we believe, that is where our constitution comes from. The three branches of government. You see there in verse 22. For the Lord is our judge. There's your Supreme Court. The Lord is our lawgiver. There's the, the house representative where you have your law, the legislation done. The Lord is our king, the executive branch. He will save us. So you have the three branches of government, but it's all of the Lord. So the Lord can give the law, and he is the perfect judge. 
And he's going to um, see that one day it's carried out perfectly. That's why he's called the righteous judge, because he is righteous. He makes no mistakes. We have all messed up, but this is what the Lord has done. And this perfect God who made the perfect law and the perfect executioner of the law says in uh, the last four words, he will what? And he's the only one that can. He will save us. So we have this talked in his word. Now, what I want you to do is look there in chapter 59, Isaiah chapter 59. And there's a couple of verses there that I'd like to throw at you. Look there in Isaiah 59, look in verse 1 and 2. When he says he will save us, then evidently his arm cannot be too short, that it cannot reach us. And when we read Isaiah 53, when it talks about, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, that's in chapter 52, excuse me, then you're talking about Jesus Christ himself, who is the right arm, the power of God. And so he says here in Isaiah 59, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Now, you often hear us talk about, you know, our sin separates us from the Lord. You see there in verse 2, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. So here's this perfect God. And here's a sinful man, and God says that he is able to save us, to reach us. But we have to know, why do I need a Savior? Because there's a perfect God, and I'm not. And see, as long as you have sin, you can't live forever, because the wages of sin is, is death. So the only reason you can live for eternity with the Lord is there's no sin there and no sin in you and no sin capable. In other words, if we were like Adam and Eve when they were created by God, they chose to sin. If we went to heaven and we were just like Adam and Eve, why can't we choose to sin there and then start this thing all over again? Then God would be able to kick you out of heaven. But you see, we're different because we're going to be born perfect. They were created innocent. And there's a lot of difference. We'll get into that one day a little bit more. But what I want you to see there, and look now in verse 7. In verse 7, and I want to read down to verse 17, but look in verse 7. And you'll see some of these words. It looks like we're reading in the book of Romans chapter 3 when it's talking about there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeketh after God, no, not one. And here it says in verse 7, their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their path. See, God even knows your thoughts. Isn't that scary? It's okay for him to see my actions. I can control that. But it's hard to control your thoughts. Then he makes this statement in verse 8. The way of peace they have not known. There is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. This is why whenever you read about John the Baptist and he was going to come and Jeremiah talks about it. And it talks about John the Baptist came on the scene. Make thy way straight. The crooked ways straight. Straight paths for your feet. Why? The Lord's coming. You better straighten up and fly right. God coming. Well, they have made crooked paths. 
Look in verse 9. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. This is a picture of America today. If you had listened to this um, democratic debate, there's not a one of those people qualified to teach a Sunday school class here, let alone be the president of the United States. Not a one. And I would have loved to have been on the stage and have them ask me a few questions. Yankee. Since you're running for president, what do you think about the, the health care system, what we ought to do? And everybody gave their opinion about what they think about the health care. I think everybody ought to have it for free. Yankee, what do you think about what blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah said? Well, let me tell you what I think. I don't think government has any business in health care. It's not in the Constitution. It's not government's job to take care of anybody. It's not government's job to provide. They are to protect, but not to provide. They provide an atmosphere or an environment where you can work and take care of yourself. Can you imagine 100 years ago? Could those people stand and say, we demand health care. Here you are in your covered wagon. You're going out through the Midwest. And you fell and you broke your leg. Well, where's my Social Security check? Now, if you paid into it, you get the right to get it out. But there's people who want something for nothing to have no right to it. I demand they fix my leg. I, I demand. Wait a minute. There wasn't no government out there. You know, you were kind of like all alone. Well, Yankee, what do you, what do you think about uh, the public schools and all the stuff that's going on in the public schools and how we need to protect and do this and all those kids and the, the shooting and the bombing and all things going on and people with guns and killing kids and all that stuff? Government does not have a responsibility to raise children. That's not their job. It's not in the Constitution. You see, when he says government shall make nothing about religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, it means religion is education because you cannot educate without a basis of religion. If you believe in communism, you're going to teach that there is no God. Why do you think the Democratic Party wants to teach there is no God? And they don't want the Bible. They don't want Christians. They don't want the things in the school. And they're losing what we would call values. And I think if you don't believe in God, you don't have values. You don't really have a value. Where did it come from? If you believe in evolution, do you think dogs have values? Why should people have values? Who's the one to say what's right and what's wrong? You have to have a straight edge. You have to have something that says, this is what's right. They don't know what's right. They have no straight edge. They don't even believe the Constitution of the United States. I'm getting sidetracked just a tad. So we're going to drift back just a little bit back here to the Scriptures. So look there in verse 12. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In verse 13, in transgression and lying against the Lord, departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt. This is what's going on in our country. We can see it. We can see it everywhere. 
Look down there also in uh, verse 15 where it says, and here's a couple words. Uh, you ought to underline, yea, truth faileth. Truth faileth. They are willing to lie, lie, lie. And there's no guilt. You know, if I tell a lie, it bothers me to no end. Because <laughs> I know that my God knows that I told a lie. And I know that he knows. And I know that if I don't get it right, I know he's going to slap me one. But when you don't care about God, then it doesn't matter how mean and ugly you are as long as you get what you want. And their goal right now is to win at any cost. It does not matter what they have to do as long as they can take over this country. Remember this. The reason that most people are, a lot of them are liking, I was going to call him Colonel Sanders. But he's a communist. He's a communist running for President of the United States. And there's people that applaud and say, yay. They don't know their constitution. They don't know the principles of our government. And they're as naive as can be. They're in obscurity. They're blind men. They cannot see. They don't understand. And I thought, why have they got a problem with Russia interfering in our government when they're here interfering in our government and they're running for president? Well, we can't have them interfering in our government. But we can let all the people come into our country that want to and let them vote. Is that interfering in our government? Now look in verse 16. And he saw that there was no man. Wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation. We're talking about Christ here. Brought salvation to him. Verse 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate. How do you know that's talking about the Lord? I, I knew you was going to ask that. But look in verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. And you ought to online that word standard. You see, there is a standard of the law, the written word. Now there's going to be a standard of the living word. When Jesus Christ came into this world, he was the standard of righteousness. You can measure every person in all the world up against Jesus Christ. And he was perfect. And no man was perfect. And to show how wise and smart we are, we took the only perfect man that ever came into this world, and what did we do to him? We crucified him. You see in verse 20, and the Redeemer shall come out of Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth. Talking about the seed, and the seed seeds after them, and on down the line. Because here comes a righteous tree, a righteous branch. Isaiah 53 talks about a tender plant shall grow up. And this is the branch. And that word branch is used a number of times, meaning different things, but we won't get into that right now. I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. You see, we have a, a standard of righteousness by the word of God itself. Because as you live your life, you've got to have a standard. What do you consider to be right and wrong? If you let your own conscience be your guide, you're in a heap of trouble. Now, there's nothing wrong in your conscience being fed the truth from the Word of God 
And if your conscience worked from the word of God, then conscience can be your guide. But most times people, they don't have that good of a conscience. Now, there's a sermon I was going to preach one time on the good conscience, the bad conscience, the evil conscience, and uh, pure conscience. And I'll, you'd be surprised how many times it's mentioned in the Word of God in different definitions for it. But here in the book of Romans in chapter 3, you'll notice there in chapter 3 something very important. And that is what God has to say. And you've got to have something that measures up to the Lord. So look in verse 4. After going through chapter 2 and most of the halfway through chapter 3, you talk about how sinful, wicked man is, but God is perfect. So he says in verse 4, God forbid, yea, let God be what? There is your straight edge, truth. And how can you discern a lie? You've got to measure it according to the truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So you have a straight edge. The truth doesn't change. Truth does not change. Lies always have to have another lie to cover up the lie that was told. And most lies are nothing more than a reason that's stuffed with a lie. So you look here now in verse 4. God forbid, let God be true. Every man a what? Because he's not measuring up to the truth. And so he goes down through here and he tells us how bad we are. And we're all in the same boat. So God doesn't change. God is righteous. He's just. He's perfect. So God gave to the world his word. And the word is a straight edge. The word is truth. It is the standard of rule and practice. Faith and practice. What you believe and how you live. That's why God gave us the straight edge. He gave us this word. And studying the scriptures, and sometimes they talk about the canonicity of the scriptures. Oh, this book doesn't meet the standard. And so there's something wrong. It's not inspired of God, so it doesn't make it into the canon of scripture. Now notice this. When he makes his statement, notice what happens that what God does in the first 20, I guess you could say here. We mentioned that just a minute ago. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified, because the law is perfect, demands perfection. So you can't be saved by the law. Why? Because the law is perfect, demands perfection. The law does not forgive. The law has no mercy. The law has no grace. The law doesn't overlook a little sin. The law doesn't move. It doesn't bend. It executes judgment, which is death. So he says, by the law is the knowledge of sin. Now look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God was revealed in a person. He gave the law up there in verse 20, and it was perfect, but nobody could keep it. God sent his perfect son into the world, and he was perfect, but nobody could match his life. So if you can't perfectly keep the word, and you can't perfectly live like the example, you ain't got any hope. So what he did, of course, you know, he went to the cross and paid for all of our sins. And this is why he makes the statement. In verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is the Lord himself, Jesus Christ was the righteousness of God. He says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, get this, unto how many? His righteousness is unto all, but it's only upon them that that believe. 
So his righteousness is to everybody, but it's only upon them that believe. So, but when you believe, God gives you his righteousness. Now, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, yes, now you are a child of God. You're going to heaven when you die. And you're going to heaven because, in God's eyes, you are righteous and perfect as the Lord in your new birth. So, the Lord is not here, but he lives inside of us. Would you believe that every one of us are supposed to be a standard A standard of what righteousness is. You are that living standard. Because you're to absorb the word. So that in your mind and in your life. You are an example of the believer. You're that straight edge. That when people want to know what God is like. When they want to know what the word means. They should be able to tell it by looking at you and listening to you. And you should be able to tell them why you are what you are. Now, I want you just to take a look there in the book of 2 Corinthians and look there in chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul hints to this a little bit here. But let's just look at, first of all, in chapter 2 and verse 17. Verse 17, you need to underline this here because it's a great verse. For we are not as many, get this next statement, which corrupt the word of God. When you corrupt the word of God, you corrupt your mind, and it makes a difference in your life, and it corrupts your life. Corrupt the word, and it'll corrupt you. And that's why he makes the statement, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Now, take your Bible and just look at it quickly in chapter 4 and verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling, get this, the word of God deceitfully. You see, you and I, we have the word of God. It's supposed to help us to walk a straight line with the Lord, to live a godly life. I've had people tell me all the time, that Yankee just teaches that easy believism and just wants you to live in sin. You ought to see some of the comments people say on it. They must think, I'm living the most wicked life that anybody's ever lived. But that's okay. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now get this. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. You only compare a person as they compare to what God's word demands. Now, because I believe that this is important, now look there in chapter 3, in verse 1. The apostle says, you know, we were nigh unto death. We've been down so low. We despised even our life. And he had a a little moment of a pity party. But he makes a statement in verse 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? No, he also writes and says it's not wise to compare. But notice what he does. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? In other words, do we need somebody else's approval for you to accept us? Or do we have to give you letters of recommendation? He said, I'm the one that brought the gospel to you. I'm the one that led you to the Lord. I'm your father in the Lord. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I bet it breaks his heart because he had led him to the Lord and he was like that straight edge. 
Now, others that come along and tell them, you know, that Paul, he, he, he don't know what he's talking about. He's not a real apostle. He wasn't one of those that was with Christ. And he says, don't I have the right to either go about with a wife or do I have the right to be taken care of because of the gospel? If I preach the gospel, I should be able to live the gospel. So Paul said a lot of things. And he was in defense a little bit of what people were saying about him. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, he would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace Amazes me